and welcome to the Royals Rundown Podcast, the Kansas City Royals Podcast in association with Inside the Royals. I am Jake Milham, and joining me tonight, I have the man behind the Royals Deluxe Podcast. How you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing absolutely great. You know, actually, we've um we've been planning this for a few days now. So much it's been so long that you know so much has actually happened and yeah. it kind of ruins this opening gag that i had where you know i always i always call myself lux but that's like i'm thinking now i'm like wait a minute that's a pseudonym that's kind of anonymous that lacks integrity dayton moore would be so disappointed in me so i'm like oh maybe I'll sh- i should use my real name going forward but now he's not around anymore so i guess it doesn't matter nah screw the culture man screw that integrity stuff come on now what are you talking about we got jj in the driver's seat now no i <laughs> For all the listeners out there, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But look, yeah, man, we, uh, I think we planned this, what, like, probably like two, three days ago. Yeah. And it just seems like so much has happened on the Royals landscape since then. Um, have you, have you been able to put on a podcast your thoughts on the Dayton Moore? Yeah, I had, a very, I had a very quick reactionary podcast on okay. the day of the announcement. Well, there you go. Well, hey, make sure to go check it out on the Royals Deluxe podcast feed, wherever you listen to your podcasts at. But yeah, we put out this all call for um, a mailbag. And I just want to say thank you all so much for supporting us and getting in some great, great questions, especially this one from this this Royal Deluxe podcast account. Yeah, I don't know who the hell that is. Crazy. It's so weird. So weird. So, hey. Look, we, we're just going to jump right into it. Um, you can, if you're here for Dayton more stuff, that's on our previous episode as well. So go check it out there. Um, we'll, we'll have, I'm sure we'll have some digs. I'm sure we'll have some, some snide comments and things like that. But, uh, but we'll, we'll save that for later on. So first, Lux, we're going to start off with your question, which is, who would you rather keep going forward? Only getting to choose one. Prado or Pasquantino. The other gets traded for a starting pitcher this offseason. So Lux, I'm gonna hey, I'm gonna defer to you on this. I want to hear your thoughts. Okay. I think that uh my answer would be what you're kind of seeing right now. Uh Prado got sent down to AAA. I think he was the one, he's the one that I would um kind of use as a trade piece going forward. Even though I do really, really like him and I think he might have a higher ceiling than Pasquantino, but it just looks like Pasquantino is already like a finished hitter. Like he's, he's already there. He's already yeah. one of the best bats in the lineup and you can just really count on that going forward. And I would rather kind of take the floor of Pasquantino, even though I love Prado's defense. Uh, he seems like a, a great leader in the clubhouse, really great personality to have around, but Pasquantino is many things that Prado is as just maybe he doesn't do some things quite as well. Yeah. And you know what? I'm going to go with a whole other side of the coin for the same reasons that you talked about. I would stick with Prado over Pasquantino in the long term. Um, I'm still liking that ceiling way too much. I do. I mean, letting go of Pasquantino's current production and his floor wouldn't be easy. But the reason why I go with Prado or another reason why I go with Prado is the fact I think Vinny could get more of a return on a starting pitcher right now. You know, if if we had to do one for one, um, who's I don't see anyone giving up an established like average or slightly above average pitcher for Prado one for one. 
uh, you know, maybe Prado's yeah. the, maybe Prado's like the headliner on their return or something like that. But I think Pasquantino could um, fetch a little bit more on the trade market right now. So that's that's why I would go with that. Any closing thoughts? Uh, super fair. Like, I don't think that uh, you could be wrong with either of these. I think both of these are going to be great players yeah. moving forward. It just, it just does present kind of an issue, a good issue for the Royals that where they have this really huge log jam that involves first base and corner outfield spots. That, so that really of, does. And hopefully they get that figured out in 2023 because they certainly didn't get it figured out this year. Yeah. So, um, all right, let's go on to the next question. This one from Josh Kaiser from Royals Farm Report over there at KCSN. Please go check them out there. I mean, they've been putting out great work for years now. And Josh has been around the block a a few times in the Royal stratospheres, but he's got a really good question. So you've got $3 to spend this off season, $3 Lux. Everything's a dollar on this list. You ready? Yeah, let's go. All right. $1 locks up Vinny for eight seasons. $1 gets Asa Lacey back on track. $1 slightly improves pitching development across the board. $1 $1 signs Sean Manea. $1 signs Nimmo, the outfielder. $1 gets Alec Marsh on track. $1 gets Minter and Soroka for Lynch and Michael Garcia. And then the last dollar fires Cal and Matheny. So how does this work? Do we both get a dollar and then share the last one? Or do we do we each get three dollars? We each get three dollars, man. That'd be really tough, wouldn't it? Okay. Um so some of these some of these might be seem a little um silly because again, these questions were kind of posted before yeah. the day the day more firing. So I feel like Cal and Matheny are already kind of gone. <sighs> Maybe. I hope I kind of hope so. Yeah. Uh I'm gonna completely I'm going to use all three of my dollars to go in on pitching. So I'm going oh. to I'm going to take the improved pitching development and then getting Lacey and Marsh back on track. Lacey especially, like that is a lot of value for your buck right there because getting Lacey back on track, you're you're talking about getting a potential ace pitcher back on track. That is going to be a massive return if we can get Lacey going to even close his potential. And Marsh is another, you know, great starting pitching prospect. So I'll take the improvements on those two and then boosting my chances with, you know, improved development across the board there. Man, you sound like a guy who's t- who plays uh, trading card games or something like that. You're you're you're, <laughs> bo- you're you're putting all your resources in on on one field. And hey, I'm I'm here for it. Absolutely. I'm here for it, man. I do play um, trading card games, by the way. What'd you say? <laughs> I do play the Pokemon trading See? card game, by the way. See, there you go. I knew it. I knew it. All right. So for for my three dollars, I'm I'm gonna double dip on one of yours. I gotta get Ace Lacey back on track, man. That is totally. he has been the he looked like a guy at once that hey, even the Royals can't screw this up, right? And it looks yeah. like the Royals kind of have screwed this up. So I I really would love to see him get back on track. Um, another dollar. This is just me being vain, but I always wanted to see Sean Mania come back to Kansas City somehow. Um, we never got to see him make a start in Kaufman for the Royals, and I definitely I know the World Series run was definitely worth it. But if I recall correctly, he is 
the biggest piece that the Royals lost in the long term. Like, yeah. And yeah, man, my, my last look, my last dollar, I just got to do it for sure. Fires Cal Matheny, man. <laughs> I'd, I'm not taking my chances with JJ. JJ, I, I love you, man. Can't wait to see what you do, but I'm, <laughs> I'm going to do it. Yeah. It, it's hard to believe in the Royals doing anything. You know, it, it's, We've been so conditioned to just accept whatever <laughs> is on this team and in this organization. It's like you, we really can't know that they're going to be gone unless we actually see it. Exactly. I mean, shoot, unless unless Mr. Sherman came out there to the pulpit like he did himself and said, hey, Dayton Moore is no longer with this team. I would have been a little skeptical. Yeah, seriously. So and hey, he he put all of our doubts to bed right off the get. So. Thank you, Mr. Sherman. And I'm just going to call him Mr. Sherman on all of my podcasts now for some reason. Hope he's listening. Well, hey, you know what? I I think every time I'm kind of interviewing. So, you know, maybe, maybe, nah, probably not. They don't want me on the team. <laughs> so we're going to go with another friend of the podcast, Kevin O'Brien, the Royals reporter, always doing great work on his own website over there and for the IBWAA. Always good to see stuff from him. He asks, of the Royals who started games this year, who's back in the rotation, who's moved to the bullpen, and who may be gone in 23? So now I want us to pick one each. Okay. Okay. Um, one of those cat one in those categories each. Okay. And just just a short little little snippet about it. Okay. Yeah, all right. Uh, I did not prepare for this one. So do you have one? Yeah, I, I actually do. I think I, you know what? I never prepare for these. If you can't tell by listening. So <laughs> Dang, that's how I do it. I'm, I'm definitely here for it. So uh, Kevin, I do have to say for your questions, who's back in the rotation. I definitely think Jonathan Heasley is a lock to return to this rotation. Um, I know he's, he's definitely had a lot of ups and downs, but there are points in this season where Jonathan Heasley has done things no other Kansas City Royals pitcher in the modern era has done. So he just needs to kind of get some confidence back. He was talking about his mechanics after today's game, which was a, another, I called it a gem. Yeah. Um, and so I definitely think he's back in the rotation. Who's moved to the bullpen? Um, I think that Max Castillo is going to be moved to the bullpen on a full-time basis. Um, his, his starts in Omaha have been pretty, pretty rough. And I do know that the Blue Jays were trying to stretch him out into a starter before they traded him. And I really, and I think the Royals are trying to do the same, but I think that he slots best as a long reliever or possibly an opener from the bullpen. So I definitely, I think he's in that group. Um, and this plays into another question that we got tonight. Who may be gone in 2023? I have a feeling that Daniel Lynch is gone. Really? Wait, why, why do you think that? That's like, that actually surprised me. I, you know what? I, I bet it did. Um, I am. And all, all the listeners, this is, this is an uneducated take. So, so just take it how it is. I don't, I don't see the ceiling anymore. For Daniel Lynch, I don't. Um, there's been, there are some mechanic issues that even my untrained eye 
can see just from some quick googling like hey why is why is his arm at that angle why you know why is his foot there there's there's something mental going on with daniel i believe and maybe maybe a pitching coach fixes that i don't know but i definitely think another team out there is going to want to take a chance on his potential and why would the royals trot him out there for a third season of maybes if they could get you know a veteran pitcher or a solid three or four number number three or four pitcher so that's that's my hot take for this podcast lux i'm sure i lost a lot of listeners right there so uh why don't you bring it back in yeah i was actually going to pick daniel lynch as my guy that we're going to keep in the rotation going there you forward. go i i do agree that there is a bit of a mental issue with him he does need a boost in confidence he's often compared to danny duffy not only in how he throws but also how he is on the mound it's like one mistake happens and then suddenly four runs on the board for, for the other team so i i do think maybe with a different pitching coach like i i i really think that's a, a big issue for him like he's a coach away from being a good starting pitcher so i'm going to yeah. keep lynch in the rotation i'm going to move and this has already kind of happened but i'm going to move carlos hernandez into the bullpen i know that we've tried to use him as a starter for the past three years and he's had like some decent success in it um at least in 2020 and 21 but even back then i always thought that he was going to be a reliever just Mm -hmm. not someone who really um through a lot he just doesn't last very long in starts but could throw hard for an inning or two and then the guy that i think that is going to be gone this season is uh someone who actually sorry for that noise and if you heard that and <laughs> someone that's going to be on this season who pitched uh today is uh colin snyder Ooh, uh someone who someone who was like i i, I was kind of high on going into the season or at least when we first saw him he seemed like a a, a decent uh, just like a random middle reliever who come in and, you know, throw a decent inning, get a ground ball, double play for you. And that is sometimes his role, but at the same time, he has an ERA of like six and a half and he's never yeah. even had that great of a career in the minors. So it's, you know, this, it, it was, he was a big surprise 40 man pick going into the season and he hasn't really lived up to it. And he's basically just a one pitch guy. So I don't, I don't see a lot of improvements for him in the, in the future. Fair enough. And that, that is a great point. Colin Snyder really did start off the year as the kind of good story of the Royal season as it wind down. And Hey, who, who's not going to remember the fireman, huh? Him coming <laughs> out there and, and putting out fires. Yeah. So, but Hey, those are, those are some good picks. Lux. I appreciate that. Um, now we're going to the infamous taco Salazar on Royals Twitter, man, always, always saying something. And he asked, or they ask, I apologize. How much will the Royals regret gifting away a year of Bobby Witt Jr.'s prime? Um, now, actually, Lux, actually, he's not in his prime. He's only 22 years old. <laughs> Thank you, Lux. Thank you for that. <laughs> were you, were you going to say that? <laughs> no, I, no, I wasn't going to say that. Oh. But I do have to say, I think uh, I don't think this was really gifting away a year. Um, the man still did historic things for this team. 
and he really he got i hope he got some of the some of the nerves out of the way i remember how rough he started off this season and he yeah. really came into his own in june and july so you got that out of the way now you can really focus on improving the rest of the team but lux i mean do you have any other thoughts yeah, I agree. And I, I've i always really, really appreciated and respected the Royals for how they don't do the service time manipulation. That's such garbage. And unfortunately, MLB didn't do much to like change that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it is what it is. I'm glad he was here on the opening day roster. And, you know, you, you could complain and say that he wasted a year. Keep in mind that people wanted him on the opening day roster last year. Yeah. So the Royals actually kind of waited a while to to see this but yeah he did have a slow start kind of a had maybe had some confidence issues or just had this adjustment period and um i, I and i think the question here is like do the royal are the royals going to be are they are they going to regret giving away a, a year of service time like he's going to reach free agency quicker in, in yeah. this um situation but i think that when the time comes they're going to give him the extension that he deserves I I certainly hope so. Um, I I definitely thought that that was a possible announcement that Mr. Sherman was going to say the other day. Um, yeah, that's true. Was kind of hopeful for that, but hey, we got much better news. Let's go ahead and move it back to Daniel Lynch. Why not? The guys over at Royals Weekly, they're putting out a lot of content over there, um, especially on YouTube, on your podcasting platforms, um, some pretty dang good threads on Twitter as well, I do have to say. And they ask, what's it going to take to get Daniel Lynch on track besides a new starting pitching coach? So, Lux, I'm going to defer to you on this one. Gave away the cop-out answer. I know, uh, right? That's the question. Uh, so I did try looking at this. I'm not a good armchair pitching coach whatsoever. I'm a freaking mm-hmm. idiot. I don't know anything. <laughs> but I can at least go on to Baseball Savant and look at stuff. So let me just point out that Daniel Lynch – he throws his fastball more than any other pitch. He throws it 44% of the time, even though hitters are hitting uh, 300 on this Jeez. thing. So not very good. Here's what's interesting about Lynch. He was mostly a breaking ball pitcher when he was in college and he was only throwing like 91 to 93. Then suddenly he joins, you know, the Royals and he's like, Hey, look guys, I can throw 97. <laughs> And sure, a lefty with velocity is really, really cool. But again, if you're not really getting it done with the fastball, then it doesn't matter too much, I don't think. I mean, maybe it helps. Maybe he'd actually be worse if he was throwing 91 to 93. But I don't know. I would maybe try seeing if you could get him to throw the fastball not only less, but also less hard and Mm. just try reshaping it and work on the on the command and maybe you can get the the velocity up later on and just mix his pitches up a little more have him throw the slider and the change it more he has a curveball but he doesn't throw it ever yeah. so maybe just try a different pitch mix and try reshaping him a little bit that's my quick 30 second baseball savant armchair <laughs> analysis no, I think I definitely think that's spot on. And there were several young Royals pitchers entering this season that had we had the same gripes about. Yeah. I mean, remember when that was when we we're griping up about Brady Singer? 
that seems like yeah. a long time ago. But <laughs> how like how much did his outlook and his trajectory change once he started mixing up his pitches a little bit more? Once he start once he added that new pitch. So I definitely think there's a there's a very strong case for that. But I do think that it all tracks back to he'll do that with a new pitching coach or he'll learn new pitch with the pitching coach, you know? Definitely. So look, we, we've just been rattling through these, man. I'm all about quick podcast episodes. You know me. So we are going to close it out tonight with Trey Donovan, a guy that I've had on the podcast here before does really good work over there inside the Royals. And he has a twofer. Oh boy. All right. So let's start with number one. When does Hunter Dozier's tenure with the Royals end? <laughs> when will it stop, Lux? Never. <laughs> Lifelong contract. Oh, please no. That's that's what Sherman was. That, that's what he was. That's what he was going to announce. Ten year extension for Hunter Dozier. <laughs> oh man, but no. On honestly, like, do you think it? Do you think it ends this winter? Do you think it ends sometime next year? Does he run out his contract? I unfortunately the Royals, I don't think they have much of a choice. I mean, they do, but I don't think they're going to give up on him. I think they're at least going to keep him around for another year. That's what, that's going to be my, my safe bet. He he's plays for a full another season. And then, then they're going to get to a point next off season where they can either try doing a salary dump move or they just outright cut him and just say, screw it. It doesn't matter anymore. Uh, but they, they've got two years left. They have you know, 16 million isn't like a lot of money, but still it's like, you might as well try. Mm-hmm. They're going to do that. So. All right, look, I'll, I'll go with another hot take. Then I think they let go of him before opening day of 2023. And I will say, I think he enters spring training with the Royals. Uh, that would be surprising, but you know, we're, we're under a new regime. Um, we are. You know, he, he was he was one of Dayton Moore's guys. So who knows? Maybe JJ is going to have a different opinion of him. He he was. And I think that's so I will say this. Um, the Athletic put out a really good piece about the Dayton Moore dismissal. And at the very bottom of that, Dayton's talking about how he's a coach at heart and coaches don't give up on guys and they see the best in their players and things like that. And that explains a lot about him. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And there's, you know, the first guys that come to mind, Hunter Dozier and Ryan O'Hearn. Like the fans don't see nothing. They don't produce on the field, but why are they still with the team? Because Dayton Moore doesn't want to give up on them. So I am hoping that this long leash that JJ Piccolo has right now is going to include, hey, give, go ahead, just cut cut this money. Let's start fresh. Let's get some of these young guys up and see what happens there. So that's, will it happen? I don't know. I ain't going to bet on it, but yeah, that is what I would like to see personally. And for our last question tonight, do the Royals potentially make a move via free agency or trade in the off season to get a third baseman? They lack a third base prospect and one won't be ready for a bit until Caden Wallace. So Lux, I'll go ahead and start off with this. I think the Royals for a while have been trying to find some sort of solution at third base. I mean, you remember Franco? Yeah. He was here for a hot minute. Everyone was all excited that he was here and he played third base. 
Um, I think they're going to stick with Bobby Wood Jr. at shortstop. But seeing Nate Eaton back over at third base kind of kind of brings up some questions. I'm like, who is this? Is this going to be a spot? Is this where they're going to get him onto the field more? Um, I'm not inclined towards like a major a major trade or free agent signing. But what do you think, Lux? Well, you know who can play third base? Who? Hunter Dozier, baby. Oh. <laughs> um, this is tough. I think it depends on where, what they want to do with Bobby and also Michael Garcia. He, mm. He's another guy. And also actually Mondesi. Yeah, they haven't, they've kind of been talking about Mondesi as if he, he's going to be coming back next season, which I wouldn't put it past the Royals to try it, like, you know, for the, the 12th time. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I will just say, I, I don't know who's going to be playing third base next season, but I also don't think the Royals are going to commit to getting a new guy because they do have options mm-hmm. internally. So they're going to go with one, whoever we have right now, maybe make it a revolving door of different players, but I don't think they're going to commit to someone new. Yeah, they there are some options in-house that are very intriguing I will have to say I'm a little um, I'm a little partial to Alexander, the the third baseman that they got in the trade um, with the Braves this season. Um, he's definitely like a kind of a middling floor, low ceiling kind of guy. But I think he can be a guy. He can be the depth guy. Um, and I really don't think the Royals would have traded away a controlled player like Emmanuel Rivera, unless they had some um, faith in their current options. Does does that make sense? Well, the Emmanuel Rivera trade didn't make any sense. Well, yeah. I see see what you're saying, dude, though. Oh, man. But hey, I do have to say on our Dayton Moore dig, and granted, this was well before the news was announced, Someone asks, why did they send Nick Prado down with nine games left in Omaha season? Could have DFA'd Ryan O'Hearn instead. Well, I think we know why they didn't DFA Ryan O'Hearn. Yeah, they, they look, I, I get it, but the, they, they respect Ryan O'Hearn way too much to just cut him in the middle of the season. I know technically we're not in the middle of the season, but they're not going to do it during the season. They probably told him at some point, like, Hey, look, we're not going to bring you back next year. Yeah, we can release you if you want, but otherwise, we're just going to ha- kind of have you sit on the bench for the most part. Because you, know, you know, again, we can complain about Ryan or Hearn as much as we want. He's had like twenty plate appearances in the month of September. Like he's not really taking away any time from anybody. And I remember someone trying to make the case that like, oh, just have Nick Prado take Ryan O'Hearn's role again. Ryan O'Hearn has had 19 at-bats in the month of <laughs> September. Yeah. You can't do that to Nick Prado. That doesn't make any sense. Right. And like I kind of said in the beginning, we have this massive jam at both first base and corner outfield. I don't think that they sent down Nick Prado just to like get rid of him. I think they did it because they want to get more time for Nate Eaton and Drew Waters and now Edward Olivares is back. He definitely mm-hmm. needs time. Uh, all, all these guys. So, and then Prado can continue getting reps in Omaha for, because they're still playing for a little bit. 
So I don't think it's a bad thing that they did that. I think this was actually the right decision. Could they have done it a little better with, you know, with by getting rid of O'Hearn? Sure. But again, that's just not on the table. No, not not really. And I'm sorry, like what? So let's be honest. Ryan O'Hearn is a pretty seasoned MLB player at, at this point. Multiple, multiple seasons. He's been around the Royals organization for a while. Yeah. What a slight it would be to say, hey, you know, we got a we got two weeks left in the season. We're going to go ahead and DFA uh, you. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, say, say, say what you will about Ryan O'Hearn. He, he's shown up to work every day. He hasn't complained one bit. He's, he, you know, the, again, the Royals respect him a lot. And, and to an extent, I actually kind of respect him a lot. I actually cannot think of anything bad to say about Ryan O'Hearn off the field. So, yeah. You're right. I know that doesn't mean mean anything uh, on the field, but I have no, I, I don't have much of an issue with him really. Well, you know, maybe he eats too much McDonald's on his off days or something. Oh, I don't know, that, man. That that's unforgivable. I can't, <laughs> we cannot be friends. No, we can't. We can't. Would love to talk to Ryan one day. I would love to love to hear his thoughts on the on the social media stuff that yeah, he's get, seen and get, get him on the podcast. Oh man, that that'd be really cool. I know um, one of our one of our good podcast friends, Jared Perkins, he does stuff for um, Prospectus and Major League University. They had Ryan on a podcast over there and it was it was a pretty good listen. You should check it out. I will have to check that out. There you go. Well, hey, Lux, thanks for joining me on a, on a little quick, quick mailbag here. Um, a lot of good stuff going on with the Royals to close out the year. I really wish we could say it was a good season, um, but it wasn't. But <laughs> I am I'm very much looking forward to talking to you more in the in the winter months and we'll see what the Royals have in store for us. OK, yeah, you too, dude. Thank you very much for having me on again. It's been of course, a ton of fun. And for our folks who have not heard from you, from you before, where can they find you on social media? It will be Royal Deluxe Pod on Twitter. Uh, there you go. Yeah. And then Royal Deluxe Podcast on all of your podcast listening apps, memes. I don't know. Some people <laughs> use websites, you know. Yeah. So anyways, if you're still listening, you know where to find us on social media at, at Royal Rundown Podcast on Twitter and the Royals Rundown Podcast on all of your podcast apps. This is Jake Milham. Thank you one more time to Mr. Lux over here. And thank you, listeners, for listening to us. And until next time, go Royals!